the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. I got to start off with a confession. I got nothing. I can't go into how the week was. I got nothing. And so I decided this morning, we're just going to have a question and answer session. Now, if you got questions about, I figure we'll talk about the third Sunday of Advent and the lectionary. If you have questions, I'm going to ask you to stand so everybody can hear you. So do I have any questions? Allison, why is the candle pink, and why do we why do we light it? Um, you know, I'm no color wheel expert by any means. Darla can uh, 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 verify that. Uh, but actually, and normally I would say it's a pink candle, but actually it's a rose candle. This is in um, in Anglican parlance. This is Rose Sunday. A lot of churches, well not a lot, but several churches have special vestments and, and hangings for rose Sunday. They're rose colored. Now, the reason we have all this, the reason we have a different color is this is Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete is Latin for rejoice. And another reason we have a different color candle is because, because today's, today's theme is joy or rejoicing, and it marks a little bit of a departure from the rest of Advent. A lot of folks will tell you that Advent is something of a mini-Lent. 
It is a time when we're called to penitence, to reflection, to prepare, uh, to, uh, to pray as we prepare for the nativity of our Lord. And in light of that, that's why we have a different candle. Now, this, this theme, by the way, of rejoice is very apparent. It's up front in two of our lectionary selections for today. The first is the Magnificat. Now, the setting here is, is important. Mary has just been told by the angel that she is carrying the Messiah. She will bear the Christ child. And when she gets that news, she hightails it out of town. And she goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is six months pregnant herself with the child that will become John the Baptist. And so there's this joyful embrace and reunion between Elizabeth and Mary. And then Mary breaks into song. We heard the Magnificat sung beautifully, by the way, today. And indeed, it is called the Song of Mary. Mary breaks into song, and in the second verse, she says, My soul rejoices. Right there. Rejoicing. Now, Mary is obviously rejoicing about her pregnancy, that she will bear the Messiah. So her rejoicing points directly at Christmas. We see rejoicing also in Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. Now here's a, um, here's, here's a, a fun fact that you can use to impress everybody at the next party you go to. You don't, you don't get this most places. Um, only because, it's, only because it's question and answer can I do this, but uh, 1 Thessalonians is the oldest book in the New Testament. Remember, Paul's letters far predate, um, far predate the Gospels. And this is Paul's first letter. It was written in about 51. Now, when you think about it, when Paul writes this letter, and he, he writes this letter, and what are, what are the first, what's the first word we hear in today's selection is rejoice. Rejoice, says Paul. Now, Paul's writing this in 51. Jesus has already been born. Jesus has already been crucified. Jesus was resurrected some 20 years earlier. So Paul's admonition to rejoice is not directed at Christmas. Do I have another question? A second question. When does Paul say we should rejoice? He says it in the very first sentence. Rejoice always under every circumstance. In other words, you just found out you're going to have your first baby. Rejoice, says Paul. You just got a promotion and a raise at work. Rejoice, says Paul. You're celebrating your spouse's fifth anniversary of being cancer-free. Rejoice, says Paul. Your son has been deployed overseas into a dangerous area, and you just get word that he's back in the United States safely. Rejoice, says Paul. In all circumstances. That means your company is downsizing, and you're about to lose your job. Rejoice, says Paul. You've gotten a diagnosis of cancer and the prognosis is dim. 
Rejoice, says Paul. You find out that you've been mistreated and betrayed, cheated by one of your closest friends in the world. Rejoice, says Paul. Rejoice in all circumstances. Do I have a third question? Andrew. <clears throat> yeah, I, I hear what you're saying and all, uh, but does that, does that really mean that Paul really means Does Paul mean what he's saying? Yeah, Paul means it. And the circumstances under which Paul writes this letter reveal that. As I said, this is the first letter to the Thessalonians where Paul established a church. The background is important. Paul came to Thessalonica immediately after being in Philippi where he established a church there. But in Philippi, Paul was treated literally savagely. He was beaten. He was there with his his buddy Silas. And they were beaten and then thrown into prison. Y'all probably remember the story where, you know, Paul was in prison several times. On one occasion, he was discovered in prison after having been beaten. He and Silas singing hymns to the Lord, praising God and rejoicing. That was this, that was this prison imprisonment. Paul, under the circumstances that probably few, if any of us have ever known, being beaten and in jail, is rejoicing. And through some really interesting circumstances, too many for us to go into, Paul is able to leave Philippi, and he goes to Thessalonica. And there, things don't get any better. Now, Paul's practice was always, when he got to a new city, to go to the synagogue and begin to preach there. And that's what he did. And he was roundly rejected. In fact, the Jews in the synagogue were incensed about what Paul was saying, and they ran him out. Now, Paul was able to establish a church there because he was able to convert some Gentiles. And so he founded a small church in Thessalonica. But the the Jews that were so enraged at Paul formed a mob and actually beat several of these Gentile converts. And Paul and Silas had to escape Thessalonica under the cover of darkness. Now the church... The church continued on and in fact grew. A while later, Paul is writing this letter back to the Thessalonians. It's a letter of encouragement. It's a very pastoral letter. Meanwhile, while the church has grown, this feud, if you will, between the synagogue and this fledgling congregation has not abated. And so the Christians in Thessalonica are living under a a situation of persecution. They are living under threats, knowing that at any time they could be physically harmed, injured, even killed. And so it is in those circumstances to somebody undergoing persecution that Paul writes this letter and says, Rejoice. Rejoice like I did when I was in jail and beaten. Rejoice under all circumstances. Got time for one final question. Anybody? Randy, hold on one second. So, we understand that it means, but how can we rejoice if we're all living under the shadow of sorrow? That's a great way of putting it, Jimmy. Thank you. How do we rejoice living under the shadow of sorrows? That question 
puts into very sharp focus the need for each of us and all of us to distinguish, to know the difference between happiness on the one hand and joy on the other. Let's face it, folks. We all know that shadow of sorrow, don't we? We've all lived under that shadow at times. We probably will all live under it again. And that shadow of, 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 of sorrow can be deep and dark, and it can last a long time. It can last years and years. And the reality is, when we are in that place, in that shadow of sorrow, it is impossible to be happy. But, but... Joy is always available. Now, this distinction between happiness and joy, I've I've read many people who've commented on it, but by far the most eloquent description that I've read came from Henry Nouwen. Henry Nouwen was one of the great Christian thinkers, writers, theologians of the second half of the 20th century. He died in the late 1990s. And he wrote prolifically. Now, Nowen beautifully described this distinction. And while I didn't have any time to prepare this morning, wouldn't you know it, I happened to have a copy of what Nowen wrote. <laughs> Who knew? Here's what Nowen said about the difference between happiness and joy. While happiness depends on circumstances, joy runs deeper. Joy is the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death can take that love away. Joy is the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved. Some of us have known the experience of being unconditionally loved by another human being, and a blessing it is. Maybe it's a parent or parents, maybe it's a spouse. I'm one of that group that have known and do know that incredible blessing. But the reality is, Many, many people go through their entire lives without having the experience of being unconditionally loved by another human being. But God, God offers that unconditional love to all of us and to each of us. It is there for the taking. The Bible, if it is anything, is one long story of God reaching out to humanity and offering to each and all of us a relationship of love that begins with God's unconditional love. But God cannot force that relationship. That's right, I said God cannot. One of my favorite contemporary Christian writers is Philip Yancey. 
And I'm in complete agreement with Yancey when he writes this. God can do anything. God can do everything with one exception. God cannot make you or I love God. We all have the freedom to reject that love. And in this long story of God over and over and over again offering a relationship of love to humanity, we see over and over again that we reject that offer. Until finally, God makes the ultimate offer of love. And that offer came in the form of God becoming human as Christ. Christ, God, offers us unconditional love at every moment of every hour of every day. The reality is this. A life of unending happiness is not within the grasp of any of us. But a life filled with joy is within the grasp of all of us. All we need do is say yes to God's offer of love. In reality, finding joy is a very simple two-step process. The first step is to say yes Yes, God, I accept your offer of love, of unconditional love. And then the second step is validating that yes by spending time with God, spending time in that relationship, not occasionally, but regularly, every day, spending some time with God in prayer and reflection. That that two-step process leads to a life of joy. And that's why Paul can write with authority, rejoice in all circumstances. And so today, I'm going to be so bold to suggest that we all take that first step right here by way of a prayer. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Holy and gracious one, unconditionally loving one, today we say yes to your offer of love. Come and fill us with that love. Help us to participate in that love by spending time and praying with you. Fill us with your joy under all circumstances. Amen.